Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20 plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's AFTCO.com for on the water performance gear. And brought to you by Fish Bites. Ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and give Norman a call. The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, There are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sand. Hey, thanks for joining. Uh, looking forward to today's show. I mean, we've had some some beautiful, beautiful weather in Alabama, and things are warming up. I know the water temperature's warming up, and, uh, man, looking forward to see what these bluebird days are doing to our fish activity. I know what it's doing to our fishermen. They're starting to get that suntan. You know that fisherman suntan all y'all get. Well, that's, I'm sure that's happening right now. But, hey, let's get to the report because I'm looking forward to see what these guys are doing. And let's start at one of our favorite places with one of our favorite guests in Gunnersville, Alex Davis. What's going on, Alex? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just enjoying some of this beautiful weather that we're having lately. Oh, I hear you. It's about as nice as you could humanly get it. Yeah, it is, man. It's uh, warmed up a little bit more today, but it's still not not unbearable for sure. But man, what's uh, what's it doing to the fish up there in Gunnersville? Well, uh, strangely enough, there's still quite a amount of fish spawning, and there's then uh, some fry garters. Uh, the shad spawn's fixing to come upon us, so that's fixing to happen, which will be good. And then, of course, you know you get heat on a Tennessee River going to drive some out there to their deeper haunt so literally you can catch them about any way you want which is pretty cool when it's like that you know when it sets up like that it just it makes it where anyone can come and just have a good time and fish shallow fish deep fish in between and just fish your strengths more or less yeah man that's what that's what i'm hearing is that right now up there in gunnersville you can 
just about fish wherever you whatever you enjoy fishing the most and, and catch fish right now that's a cool yeah, thing no, that, that makes it that makes it fun yeah no doubt you know we drove up to uh Scottsboro area we this past weekend we went caving with my kids and and my that's what my uh, my wife got to do for mother's day weekend is is go uh, three miles deep into a uh, exploring a cave and with the headlights and knee pads and all that stuff and three miles back out so we had a great time <laughs> but you know when we were driving over the bridge there out of Scottsboro over the the river there is so much grass in Gunnersville, and it was, and I was just, you know, as I was driving over the bridge, I was looking out, and I was like, man, with this much grass, where do you start, Alex? I mean, if I'm coming up to Gunnersville and I want to grass fish, which is is such a great lake for that, there's just so much of it; it's almost overwhelming. How do you determine where you're going to start? I know, I know, it's your home lake, so maybe answer that in terms of. If it wasn't your home lake and it was a little, maybe wasn't quite as familiar to you. Um, the biggest thing, and I tell people this and they act like I'm crazy. Is you literally just have to put your trolling motor down and just go fishing. You just have to cover a lot of water. The seems like when you cover water, you just keep running into them, running into them, running into them. It's, you really can't look at something and say, oh, they ought to be right there. I mean, you mm. can, and sometimes it works, but a lot of times they just, they live on those expansive grass flats which makes it good, but it makes it tough at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. When you're looking, when you're searching for fish in the grass like that, do you fish with what, you know, kind of what do you use as far as like searching for them? And then once you catch one, do you kind of slow down and fish that area a little harder? Well, right now you can, you know, you can throw plastics, you can throw chatterbait. So that makes it nice because you can, you can cover a lot of water. Sometimes it gets a little difficult when you can't cover water. That gets kind of aggravating if it ever happens like that, where they don't want to bite something like right now, they'll bite fast moving stuff. You know, you can, you can throw chatterbait or speed worm or something like that. Top water even, and cover a lot of water. It really gets difficult when they don't do that. Like when they, you have to slow down. So right now you can kind of speed up. And then when you get a bite, of course, as soon as you get a bite, you know, put the brakes on really cover that area really well. Yeah. Cause if there's one in there, there's probably more. Yeah. If there's one, there's usually a lot, generally a lot more, not just one, generally a lot more. Right. When you're fishing like that, do electronics come into play for you when you're trying to find fish in the grass and maybe cover a lot of air, you know, cover fish fast, cover a lot of area looking for fish, you know, cover a lot of area, cover a lot of grass, find fish and search. Does electronics come in play for you? Do you use your electronics much? Are you looking for fish? Kind of how do you use your electronics in that scenario? I use my electronics, but it's not as much as the depth finder it is as it is the um, mapping. Mapping's huge. You want to look for little points in it, little pockets in the grass. I mean, that's, that's what you're concentrated on. That's what you're looking for. So that's what I'm looking for. So I use my electronics, but not what most people would think as far as finding depth. I'm actually just looking at the map more than anything. So when you're, you're not like looking at like live scope or, or, or anything like that, to look for actually looking for fish. You're looking for where the fish should be. Yes. No, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out where I think they're going to live. Because like I said, you can, you can't see them on sonar in the grass. I mean, there's times you can, that's usually generally really hard. So you're more of just trying to figure out like, where do you think they would spawn? And by that, that's when you have to get out your map and really, you know, detail, look at your map and figure that out. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, do you sight fish much in Gunnersville, or is it a little too close? I do not. Um, on guide trips, you know, sight fishing is just not really not really fun for anyone. So I don't didn't do it. So then that kind of just snowballed into I just don't sight fish. So for me, I'm more of a I, I would rather honestly just blind cast where a fish I think should live. So that's mm-hmm. just how I've always done it. Yeah. So when you're fishing, like, you know, you're, you're talking, let's, let's just go with a chatterbait or like you said, a speed worm or something like that. Is there a certain way? I mean, are you trying to go over the top of the grass, through the grass, hit the grass? I mean, what's your objective when you're, when you're thawing uh, in the grass? You're always trying to make contact and, you know, tick the top of it, come through. It's more of a reaction bite more times than not. So that's mainly what you're after is just trying to trying to just make one react to your presentation. Good deal. Does it seem to matter if it's, I mean, I know you, a lot of the grass right now is exposed. It's on top of the water. You've got a lot of grass that's under, you know, the water still. Do you try, does it matter which one? I mean, do you focus on one versus the other? Um, I do the submerged because they're spawning. So they just, they spawn in little pockets in the grass. So that's, that's kind of what I look for, just little holes and pockets in it. So that's what I kind of target, just any areas they would spawn. And then when they get done spawning, they usually don't go far. Yeah, stay in they, that area. Don't, yeah. So a good day right now. I mean, y'all, you're catching a lot of fish right now this time of year. I've been catching quite a few. Numbers has been really good. So that's it's always encouraging, um, you know, 30, 40 a day. So that, that makes it nice. Heck yeah, man. What about you catching some good ones? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of them is just keepers with... Uh, you know, nice ones mixed in. Heck yeah. Well, I know y'all got a big tournament up there on Gunnersville. What major league uh, fishing's coming in this weekend? Yeah, we have our pro circuit. So I've been uh, actually been rigging rods while on the phone with you. I just got done and uh, look forward to fishing my home lake this week. Heck yeah, man. Good for you. I I, uh, I know that you'll, you'll do well this weekend. When does it start? Thursday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Uh, starts tomorrow. Yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days. Good deal, man. Well, best of luck to you in that. Uh, we'll be watching to see what you do for sure. Hope you bring home that big check, brother. All right. Well, thank you. You know, I got to get a tip of the day from you. So let's start with that. What's your tip of the day? If somebody's coming up uh, this weekend. Put, put your troll motor down. Just go fishing. And just fish. I like that one. And if somebody wants to book a trip with you and come up to Gunnersville, catch, do some of this great grass fishing that y'all got or anything else, what's the best way for them to contact you, Alex? Uh, my phone number is 256-298-1178, or uh, you can get on my website, spinnerbaitkid.com. It's got my email address, all my contact info. Get me there. Good stuff. Guys, y'all reach out to Alex. You will not regret it. You're going to learn a heck of a lot about fishing and catch a heck of a lot of fish. Alex, good luck this weekend, man, and look forward to talking to you again soon, brother. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Let's take right, just bye-bye. a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Great Days Outdoors magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Boaterslist.com. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. 
Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but more importantly, where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Great first segment. Always love having Alex Davis on. What a professional he is. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy that knows... And he just knows how to get it done and and he knows on these podcasts how to how to how to talk about it and give us some insight and i love having him on so y'all be sure and reach out to alex book a trip with him but let's go from the north let's move on down south to the coosa chain and i've got my buddy braxton hopper on braxton what's going on man it's going all right man how you been i've been doing good buddy been doing good how do you say your last name hopper or hooper Hopper. It's Hopper. I said it right, huh? You say it perfectly fine. I believe okay. it or not, that gets mixed up a lot. Well, I'm a very intelligent man, so I figured I would have got it right. You're very smart. <laughs> no better than that. <laughs> no better than that. Braxton, uh, man, I'm so I'm so glad you were able to get on today and, and take the time to call in. Man, you got some no exciting stuff going on right now, man. Kind of kind of catch us up. I, I saw some articles that came out. And, uh, man, you're making a name for yourself this year. Well, I uh, just recently, I think it was April 20th, I'm pretty sure, I uh, I was nominated to be, I was named a Bassmaster High School All-American, and that is being chosen over 12 different, that is 12 different kids out of the entire country, and you got to get nominated. It goes through a process. They take their time with it, and that was, I mean, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Man, that is phenomenal, yeah. dude. I mean, when you think about how many high school fishermen are out there across the country, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of kids that are participating in high school fishing. And so you, for you to be nominated to the top 12, man, what an honor. I'm unbelievably honored. I get to represent everybody. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life because there was times I was thinking, man, I don't know if I need to do this. This might not be my thing. And this kind of me getting this and being able to represent and make a name for myself. Now this is, I don't want to again. Like I got to, well, you I see, I mean, you know, it's kind of like anything we do, Braxton. I mean, whether it's baseball, and, and I know this through sports, you know, when you have success, it breeds work ethic and it breeds want to, like you said, because when you see, you know, if you work and you work and you work and you try and you try and you try and there, and you don't see the fruits of your labor, it's like, oh, well, why work at it? 
But when you work hard at it and you try and you try and you see the fruits of that labor, it just makes you want to work that much harder and know that what you're doing is paying off. So obviously you've done that. And and I know that this will just uh, spur you to be even more motivated to, to continue on. This is the only thing I want to do for the rest of my life. That's awesome, man. So what's just this mean? So if you're if if you're one of the the all Americans, I mean, do you do, do you get to go fish in a sep in a in a like a separate tournament? What's this mean for the near future? Well, there is a when the Bassmaster Elite Series, they're coming to Lake Fort. All right, so everybody selected, all twelve anglers will be that we're all going to texas and we're going to a different lake with some, one of the elite pros that well, i don't i'm not sure if they've come out with it yet but i'm as far as i'm concerned i don't know who we'll go with it's, i think it might be randomly selected i'm not exactly sure but we'll all go to that and there's a academy event while we're down there it's it's a big deal we're it's a big deal i'm just in a great mood man Heck I'm yeah, glad. man. You ought to be. No doubt, man. So I, I just wish you the best in that. Go down to Lake Fort and kick butt. And um, I know you'll do well down there. Well, let's let's talk about the, the fishing. Obviously, you've had some success this year. You wouldn't have even been nominated uh, and chosen for this. But, you know, let's um, I know you get to fish the Coosa a good bit. So, you know, right. what's, what are the fish doing? What are the fish doing on the coaster right now? You've been fishing Lay or Logan? So I went to Y Saturday and then Lay, there's a tournament on Lay Sunday and I went Sunday with one of my buddies. And, you know, it was challenging because I couldn't tell if they were still on bed or if they weren't still on bed or if they're garden fry. I couldn't tell. So in the mindset, I just, I knew I wanted to go fish shallow because they had no reason to leave. So Saturday rolls around, we're going to Hawaii at the Airport Marine High School tournament, the last regular season tournament of the year. And I wanted to say it was almost cold that morning. It was yeah. so cloudy and windy. It's been real cold and windy for two days, and that that normally makes fish bite. Well, Saturday we comes around, I didn't get to practice on Hawaii or anything. So we go out there just open-minded, and we just going to go fish stuff we knew. Well, we pull up on one of the places, and there is – I mean, it's unfishable from the amount of wind. There's rollers coming over the front end of the boat. It was impossible to fish. So we ran around until we found water that wasn't as rough that we can kind of tuck up into and fish clean like we were going to get one with confidence. And it started off slow. And then my partner picks up a brown chatterbait and just casts it up in the grass. And he catches like a three, three and a half, three and a quarter, three and a half pound spot. I was like, huh. And this is about at 10 o'clock. And then he makes another cast down the same grass bed, gets another spot. And then I throw up off a little point of the grass, and I miss one. He throws it back in there and catches it. So after about four hours of running around and not being able to catch or fish anything, we got right real quick and had three pretty good ones. So That's we, got, awesome. we got them out of the way, and then it was we just kept going down the bank, and then, boom, I catch a four-pounder. And I go around the other side of the point to the next grass bed, boom, I catch a three-pounder. Go down 20 more yards, I catch another three-pounder. And this is all in about 30 minutes. And then after that, it's like they completely shut off. And I miss, I, I take that bad, actually. I threw up on some on a windy point with a little bit of grass on it. And I was bringing it across, and it was real shallow, like real, real shallow. I brought it across, and I, I was pulling it through grass. 
I thought I felt something hit it, but I wasn't sure. So I kind of just kind of pulled it out like I was trying to pull grass. But if his fish was on there, I feel like I would have got him. And I leaned back and I felt something pull back and it comes off. And I look up where it was and, a, I mean, a giant one jumps up out of the water, just completely not trying to spit the bait, just jumps out of the water about four foot, like sitting eye level with me. Oh, my gosh. And then comes back in the water. It was a four, five, six. It might have been a six-pounder. I mean, it was a huge one. And then after that, it got real hard. And then we went back to that fish, and I threw in the exact same spot, and she clobbered it, like not slacking. And I thought there was no way she missed it that time, but she missed it. I think she was on the bed. Mm, dang, man. Well, how'd y'all finish up? We ended up 1430-something and got third. Hey, that ain't bad. I got third. That ain't bad. Yeah, it was a bit, though. I thought somebody was gonna have a monster bag. Do you it's think Sunday. when you're when you're fishing that grass like that, you know, and I was just talking with Alex about this up in Gunnersville, man, he is a spinnerbait king up there and, and yeah, well he's just good at all of it. But right now there's so much grass up there, so different than of a lot of our Coosa chain lakes. But we we were talking about, you know, how to determine where to fish in the grass and, and really there's there's not a set rule or determination you just got to get the bait in the water and go down and cast and cast and cast but when when you do catch one stop and wear that area out because there's probably a lot of others in that area and it sounds like that's kind of kind of maybe what y'all ran into is you know you're working you're casting and nothing and then all of a sudden boom 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 and you catch them and then move down the bank and you're off them again is that kind of the way it, it sets up for you sometimes? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Because when you find a place, there's a reason those fish are there. Fish are going to be somewhere for a reason. And when you fig- find where that's at, you, you'll catch them real quick. And they could be big ones. And I think that's what it takes. Like nowadays, it's hard to pattern fish around here at least. It's hard to really pattern them. you got to be lucky. Land on them and you know, throw the right thing at the right time when, when they're biting. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that happens a lot. What about at lay? Did it set up any different the next day at lay? It was completely different. It was the hardest I've ever seen lay fishing. I heard it was real I mean, tough was right bad. now. I heard I heard that lay and Logan both were really tough right now. It was bad. We first thing in the morning, it was first cast at five thirty, so they let us out. We get to we get to launch it anytime we want to. I'm not sure if we could launch somewhere else, but we launch anytime we want to. We already go on our spot and just kind of sit there first cast at five thirty. So. We get out there, and as soon as I get out there, the boat lost all power. So I had to get back there and mess with that for a little bit. And I got that, ended up getting that fixed. So at about 4.45, there was a huge shad spawn going on where I started at. I mean, it was a lot. You could have walked across it, and I didn't see any fish blowing up in it. It was weird. And that was where I was at was a place that historically there would be fish there. And if there's that many much bait up there, they have no choice but to go up there and eat them. But it just wasn't happening. And I threw over, I threw my spook. I was throwing a spook. And I threw a spook over a point off the grass. And I was working it. And I had a big old spot come up there and blow up on it and miss it. And my partner threw back over there and he caught it. It was about a three, three, I'd say it was over three. And then after that, we had no more bites going. We went up and down that bank four times because they were just still shad well I, I would assume they would have had to have pulled up at some time but they never right. did so we ran around went to the back of a place where i knew there was going to be shad and we ended up i missed one or my partner missed one on a frog right at the boat he wasn't a big one and then he swam up on a swim jig he swam up one about two pounds 
So and that was this was at nine o'clock. So at nine o'clock we have a three pounder and one that was maybe two. All right. And the last start, I was thinking, okay, well, because we were in the back of a little pocket. So I was thinking, okay, they're in the back of these pockets. Well, I know plenty of those. We can go run those and see how that does. We ran those for two hours and never saw. I don't even think we saw a turtle. Like it was dead. After that, I said, you know what? We're gonna go in the back of this creek. And we're just gonna stay there because I know there's fish there. We've got to make a bite. Well, we go back there, and I end up. I caught about a two, two and a half, two and three quarter. And I go around the other corner. I catch another one. It was probably about a two pounder. And then my partner catches one. That was about. It was probably a two and a half pounder. And then after that, that was it. It was time to go, and we had to go back to the ramp. We get back to the ramp, and I found out that somebody, well, somebody had 1935. Wow. It was Ethan King had 1935. And other than that, nobody else caught a limit. Wow. That is nobody crazy. Else nobody else weighed in. We didn't weigh all. We went, well, I talked to Ethan before that, and he told me what he had, and I was like, oh, and they were only going to pay, pay one place. So I was like, I mean, everybody else I don't just know went if home. I can catch I'm going to try. Yeah. I, I, I ended up staying out there, actually, and after the tournament, this is no joke, I put my eyes, the water was down about a foot, and where I was at was real, real shallow. I put my eyes on over 20-something after the tournament, and I couldn't get them to bite nothing. You're I, looking I at the fish. You're watching them. I, was, I saw them, and I saw, what, I saw what I was doing wrong. I was in the wrong place. It was one specific place, and it turns out that I think that's where the 19 pounds are Dang. Yeah, it's it, it, you know it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy doing this podcast because I talk to people you know all over the state every week, and it's you know I can talk to somebody in in Gunnersville and they're killing it, and I can talk to somebody in Pickwick and they're not, or vice versa. Uh, you know they may be hot on the Kutha and maybe you know not doing anything in Eufaula. So it's just it's just that's the cool thing about this state, right? We got so many lakes and all all over the state, great lakes, and it's it's amazing to me to think that here in one state that there can be that much diversity throughout these lakes, even moving from Logan to Lay or moving from Pickwick to uh, Smith or or things. It's just such so much diversity. And as a fisherman, you just, you know, when you're traveling and going to these new lakes that maybe you're not unbelievably familiar with, that's what I love about this podcast is, is it kind of gives you some insight on well, you know, is it hot at Lay right now? Is it hot at Gunnersville? How are they catching them? I mean, is it in, you know, you got the shad, like you just gave us some great information. Shad spawn still going on. Gunnersville, uh, it hasn't even started, really. Uh, you follow, it's pretty much over. So depending on where you're going, you can you can listen to and, and get these kind of tips. But, um, man, hey, it, it, it sounds like it is a little tough on, on the Kusa right now, but uh don't know if it's, you know, maybe it's, Maybe some of the fish are pulling back out with this warmer weather we've had this week. I don't know, but uh, it'll be anxious. I know it won't stay. I know it won't stay down long. Got to get hot again. Right. I, I assume in about the next week and a half or two weeks, it will be off. Like you will see monster bags coming. In. I believe. I don't. Don't quote me on that, but that's just what I believe. From what I saw, that's what I believe. Well, I got my kayak. I got my fishing kayak. And, and I'm gonna go just follow you around. You just I'm gonna tie a rope to the, your boat, and I'm just going. I'm just going. You just drag me around the lake. We can do a trade off. Where if I if I get to a point, because if I could have got shallower, I feel like I could have went back there and saw some more. Bit. But I got I, I went as far back as I could go. If I would have had that kayak, I might could have won that tournament. 
There you go. See? We need to do a trade-off. We need to do a trade-off. Here's what I got to figure out. You high school kids are notorious for this. And I was a high school kid once, and I was notorious for this. But I get my new kayak last week. I get ready to go fishing, Braxton. I ain't got a rod and reel at my house. Can't even find that. I ain't got a spinnerbait, brother. And I go to my son, who you know very well, who's a senior, goes to school with you. He ain't seen him. Daddy, I ain't seen your stuff. Don't know where it is. And then I, I reach out to his buddy that I know he fishes with. And I'm like, Zane, you seen my stuff? Oh, yeah. Me and Gabe took you fishing. It's probably still a pair of lay lake in my granddaddy's boat. Ain't that something? That's not okay. You, you need, need to talk to him. Braxton, this is, Braxton, this is on you. I'm putting this on you. You need to take care of this. I will take care of this. You are going to get your spinnerbaits, all your rods back, and that kayak is going to be loaded down with all the stuff you get back. That's what I'm talking about. I'm on top of this. I know you are. I know you are, and I greatly appreciate it. Hey, man, look. I'll do the same thing. That's funny. We're going to go. I want to go fishing with you. When when it gets on, man, let's oh, let's go. We you ain't got to drag me in the kayak. I'll just come get in the boat with you. But man, if you're gonna give a tip of the day for somebody coming to fish the Coosa Chain here over the next few days, this weekend got a lot of warmer weather. Like you said, it was cold last weekend, windy. What would your tip of the day be? Well, as hard as it is, there's still big ones shallow. They just don't want to bite, and they can't not bite forever. Right? There's a shad spawn going on. There's brim beds everywhere. There's still garden fry. They have no reason to not be on the bank. And if you can find out where they're at and what they're biting and when they're doing it, you can have, you might could have 30 pounds going around one place if you can find them, but still got to grind it out. But if you're going to grind it out anywhere, I wouldn't freak out and try to go, go shake your head and catch 12 pounds spot. But I would go to the bank and just grind out knowing, telling myself, they're going to bite. We're going to catch them up until yeah. the stream. Just stay with it, man. Have Tell a plan to stick with it and cover a lot of water until you find them, right? Exactly. That's what you got to do. All right, buddy. Hey, man, we appreciate you. Love having you on here. I can't say congratulations enough to you for the All-American selection. I appreciate it. And, uh, man, go out there to Lake Fort and Man, show them what these boys from Chelsea, Alabama can do. I'm going to go try to bring it home for y'all. I'm representing everybody. This is for everyone. This is for everybody. All right, Braxton. Hey, man, let me know how you do out there if I don't talk to you before then, but let's go fishing before then. Yes, sir. But if not, yes, sir. then uh, keep me posted, man. Yes, sir. Will do. All right, Braxton. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Anytime. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Yes, let's take a few minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. Fishing Chaos invites all high school and college and social fishing teams to create a free team or club on the Fishing Chaos platform. Clubs can hold tournaments within the high school team or invite rival clubs and teams to compete in CPR, which is catch photo release events, as well as live weigh-in events, as Fishing Chaos supports most any tournament format. The addition of the new Fishing Chaos Club Management platform allows teams and clubs to easily communicate with their members about upcoming events. It automates the tracking of Angler of the Year or Team of the Year series standings and collects all angler results. If you're interested in setting up a free team or club or in hosting a tournament on the Fishing Chaos app, please contact fishingchaos.com or call Jesse Wilson at 256-508-1853.
5-3. And brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Photonist Defense. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, that was a great segment. Love having these high school guys on here. And, uh, man, kudos to Braxton for being nominated. 12, I mean, to be nominated to, to 12 guys in all of high school fishing, that's, uh, that's pretty strong. So we're, we're proud of him. Wish him luck out in Texas. But, hey, let's get up to Pickwick, guys. Don't y'all want to hear a Pickwick report? I know I do. So let's get up with Captain Brent Crow. Brent, what's going on, my friend? Uh, not much. Just a lot of fishing. A lot of fishing. Hey, it's that time of year, right? It's always that time of year for you, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is busier time. And, and I, I don't, you know, it's probably the best time, too. I mean, the spring, obviously, is, yeah, I'm just so glad to be out of the cold weather. Now, maybe the wind will quit blowing this year, but fish are biting, and you know, I'm lucky to be at Pickwick most of the time where we've got big smallmouth and big largemouth. Yeah, I saw some some of the pictures you had, had posted from a few weeks ago on your Facebook page, and, and uh, man, looks like you had been definitely into the, to the big smallmouth, that's for sure, and the largemouth. Yeah, actually, this year, the, the smallmouth fishing's been a little bit off. I mean, we've caught some big ones, but... I don't. I have high standards, and so whenever, whenever it's a little bit off, it's a little disappointing for me. But I mean, we've had. I think the biggest one that I had a client catch was five eighty five. So that was, and that guy was his first smallmouth he ever caught five five point eight five. So that was pretty cool. But you know, there there's plenty of five pounders in, in Pickwick smallmouth and largemouth, and about Man, to if, get to the ledge season. Yeah, that's right. Well, if I caught a one pound smallmouth, it'd be the largest <laughs> one I ever caught because I ain't never caught a smallmouth. And, so you uh, need to get up here and catch one. I need day. to get my I need to get my rear up there and catch one. I need to come get in the boat with you and go. That's for sure. I do. So what are our fish doing up there right now? I mean, is it is it is it like it's supposed to be this time of year? I mean, are you are the fish uh, are they pretty much through spawning? Are you still got some going on the bed or? I think that there's still some spawning. I mean, yesterday I went and idled. I had the two trips yesterday in between them. I went and just idled deep places and. I bet I idled 19, 20 places, and they were on one place. And we caught them 
uh, on in three foot of water on the bank. And, you know, I, the fish didn't look like they were skinny and postponed. I mean, some of them were, maybe they've healed up or whatever, but the water temp started yesterday morning at 68. So we're actually a little bit behind as far as fish getting out on the ledges and stuff. Yeah. It seems like it got, you know, it definitely, even though it's warm this week, it, it seems like the water temperature and I don't know, we had those cool nights and some cool days and it seemed like everything was a couple of weeks behind this year. Yeah. And the flooding, you know, we had a bunch of flooding in April or March and April. And I think that that also keeps the fish from spawning a lot. And especially when you have on Pickwick, when you have so much current, which you have anytime it floods. And so, yeah, I think I want to say it was like April the 15th this year before I caught what I thought was the first spawning smallmouth. And that's, you know, that's pretty late. And then, you know, there's full moon this week. I think there's probably another wave that is, is going on bed this week. I was watching a little of the MLF at Gunnersville, and there was people sight fishing over there this week. And, and uh, I know, like at Smith, the fish are still on the bank. So it's, it seems like everywhere in North Alabama is late this year. Yeah, I think I think it's that way across the whole state. I think it was late and late in Eufaula and, and all over the state, but especially in the north. What about the shad spawn? There's been a little bit. Um, I've I talked to several people, and and at Pickwick, there's been a pretty decent shad spawn at places. But like uh, some of my buddies at Gunnersville have yet to really find a good shad spawn bite. And yeah, I, it's you know it's so hit or miss anyway. And I think, but what I I would guess it's about over with. I mean. I would, I'm hoping that, you know, we've got all this 90 degree weather this week and by next week, you know, there's going to be some fish start showing up on some places out. And I mean, I love ledge fishing. I'm not really much on fishing tournaments with ledge, or where they're all ledge fishing because you get so many people out there, but during the week for the guiding, I, I really like it to have a lot of fun with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it to happen any day now. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about, I mean, you're, you're, you're obviously a, a large mouth and a, and a small mouth guy and, and guide both, you know, customers to catch lots of, of both species, but this time of year, I mean, or when, how do you approach the, the large mouth fishing differently in Pickwick this time of year than the small mouth fishing? Pretty much smallmouth fishing. You're only going to do in the spring, winter and, and fall. And then, in the summertime, like, you know, somebody called and said, hey, I want to go smallmouth fishing. I would, I would tell them, well, you need to, you know, next time to go is October. We'll still catch some early, if you, especially if there's a shad spawn. Uh, you, might, and I, you know, you might catch one or two on top water, like basically right at daylight. But once the sun comes up in the summertime, smallmouth, I think they just roam out in the middle of the river. It seems like the only time I ever catch them is if I'm on the ledge and they come up schooling somewhere and you're, if you're able to get a swim bait or a reporter over there while they're schooling. But, you know, with largemouth, we're basically fishing shell beds on ledges and, and the smallmouth just don't, they don't do what largemouth is. They don't set up in schools on, on shell beds. You know, if you catch one in the summertime, it's just a big bonus for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you strategically, like even this time of year and earlier in the year, I mean, you, you, when you set out on a, on a trip, you're targeting one species or the other. It's not, not normally a situation where you're going down the bank, throwing a chatterbait and one fish would be a large mouth and the next one would be a, uh, a, a small mouth. Yeah. The only time that that ever happens is like in February, early March. And you know, I had a guy this year that caught a, he had a four pound large mouth and a three pound small mouth on the same square bill which is oh, wow. the first time I've ever, first time I've ever seen that. But 
when you get a lot of current and the water gets muddy and flooded, the smallmouth will go to the bank too. So that's about the only time that you, you know, you can go and catch both. But most of the time, like in March and April, I'm, I'm targeting smallmouth and sometimes you'll catch some largemouth, but you know, like I say, once it gets about this time of year, it's mainly going to be largemouth. Well, how are you, how are you catching the largemouth right now? Well, like I said, as of right now, they're still on the bank. I mean, we caught them with a wacky worm yesterday and just Texas rig plastics and all. And then, you know, when they get on ledges, it just depends on the current. If you get enough current, they'll bite a crankbait, big crankbait or swimbait. Other than that, you have to drag something. And, and I like dragging a football jig a lot, but it, it gets, you know, it's tough when there's not much current. You really have to go to finesse uh, presentations a lot. I mean, I do a lot of drop shot and shake your head on ledges, which you wouldn't think that 20 foot deep that'd be the thing on Tennessee River ledges, but when right. no current, that's sometimes what you have to do. You what just you have, have to, to do, yeah. You know, and then, you know, the pressure really affects the fish, too. I mean, when they first, you find a school that just got out on a place, you can catch them with 12 inch worms and stuff like that, and uh, big three quarter, one ounce football jig, but. They've been there for a week or two, and somebody's been fishing for them every day. Then you're probably gonna have to catch them on drop shot or shaky head. Yeah, yeah, a little more finesse. Well, I know that you know, yeah, right up the river there in Gunnersville, it's it's known for just their massive grass beds. And uh, I've never been on Pickwick. Does Pickwick have a ton of grass as well? It's not a ton of grass like Gunnersville. I mean, Gunnersville, there's grass everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, every. Every creek, every section of the river. I mean, you're not going to find a place on Gunnersville that you're not that you're not a, in close proximity to, to either eelgrass or hydrilla or millfold. But at Pickwick, it's I would say maybe a I think a tenth of the lake would be too high. Maybe a twentieth or a thirtieth of the lake has grass. It, it just seems to come up in certain places. And you know, there may be a a half mile stretch or, or maybe a couple places two or three miles where you got grass but then you've got other places where you got 15 miles with no grass and then you know it's just it really the more grass that you have the better it is and I, you know everybody would hope for the grass everybody always wants the grass to come back and all and you know it, but it just does in certain places it's it, to be part of the same river and not that far apart is totally different gunnersville and for the most part, we have mostly hydrilla and not very much millful and just a little bit of eelgrass. So it's, it's a, so it's weird, man. Different. It's so weird yeah. that they're that they're so different and they're that close together in the same river system. The other thing it does is it grows at different times. Like you go to Gunnersville right now. I mean, there's some millful that's four or five feet tall, and then the you know the eelgrass is green and everywhere, and the hydrilla is starting to come up a little bit. And you go to Pickwick, and there's you know you, I, you can have some places where there's six inch tall hydrilla and that's it. Then, I mean, it, it seems like it just starts, you don't really see it. You're not going to see any grass topped out on Pickwick in, until maybe August where at Gunnersville, you'll see mats, you know, probably next month or this month even. Yeah. That's really, really crazy. Does it make it when you, and you fish both, you fish Gunnersville a lot, you guide there, you fish Pickwick a lot and guide there. Does it make it easier to target? On I, I, there's so much grass in Gunnersville that the fish can just be anywhere in any of that grass. I mean, it's really hard maybe to 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 pinpoint them. Where if there's not as much lake on pin on Pickwick, of course I'm sure they get pressured. The the grass areas that you you know that that 
quarter mile stretch of grass that you have probably gets hammered pretty hard. Does and you know in the, the with Gunnersville, you know before we had eelgrass, all the hydrilla and milfoil would die off in the wintertime, and then you you know you had places that maybe it didn't die. And, and if you ever found green grass in like January or February, it was loaded. And but now with the eelgrass everywhere, you know I think the fish have a lot more places to hide. They're a lot more they're a lot more scattered out, and it's I mean I don't find those little you know, tennis court size places of grass that you can catch 20 pounds in in 20 minutes anymore at Gunnersville. But at Pickwick, you know, most people know where the grass is. I mean, it's it, it seems like it grows in the same places every year. Every year, but, yeah. I mean, it, you know, there's, you know, last year I've had a little stretch that was, I mean, it, it was the poorest looking grass. And I mean, it was maybe 10 feet wide and 100 yards long and it had i mean i I milked it in last spring and caught a ton of big fish out of it but it was away from the normal places where the grass was so you know that's if you could ever find something like that and that's what you used to could do at gunnersville you just can't do it anymore because of the eelgrass but i mean it's you know i'm at the my my philosophy is any grass is better than no grass yeah (laughs) it makes a world of difference in the fishery yeah, it does. Ain't no doubt about it. And that's the problem we have down on some of, you know, you know, like Logan Martin is a great, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good spotted bass fishing there, but, but it's, I mean, there's just not any grass. I mean, to speak of, not really. And I mean, they're just, I guess in the river, you know, up in the river, there's a little bit, but when you get down into the main lake, it's just a ledge fishing place. It's just, it's just different. I, I'm with you. I like, I like that grass. Mm-hmm. It makes it, makes it and- fun. I mean, it makes a big difference. Wheeler's a perfect example. When I was growing up, Wheeler was the best lake in the world. And, it, you know, we didn't have the internet, so nobody knew it. But the people who lived around Decatur knew it. And, I mean, it was it was massive stringers that used to get caught there. And But the grass died and the lake died for the most part. And it's never been very good without grass. And then three years ago, the grass started coming back and the lake's been improving ever since. I mean, it's and that's the only difference after... 15 years of no grass and you know just a little bit of grass has made a big difference on wheeler what 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 made the grass disappear you know there's tva always denied spraying it but i mean it's probably there's i don't think there's any way to know for sure i think there was probably some spraying and then you know the there's always the water level flooding at the wrong time whatever i mean i've heard all kind of stuff for wheeler i heard it was runoff from agricultural prop you know spraying and stuff and i mean nobody tva will never claim that they or never admit to spray anything uh-uh. i know that but you know on pickwick last year we had you know a pretty decent amount of grass and all summer long and then in i think it was probably august or september it all went away and i don't think it was sprayed i don't know if it was just mud or or whatever whatever happened i think we got a bunch of rain in september last year but you know all of a sudden most of the grass went away that was in the current the grass that stayed was the protected stuff so i think current has a lot to do with it sometimes everybody always wants to blame it on spraying and sure. I, mean, I don't think that i think there's some other factors involved too with the water level and amount of current and whatever yeah i would agree with that well let me ask you this do you think that the grass does it help improve the quality of the fish because bait fish can hide in there and maybe i don't know that kind of stuff or do you think it just makes the lake more fishable and people and 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 gives those those larger bass a place to go where you can get to i think it uh, that it increases the population 
immensely. And then if you know, as you increase the population, you're going to get bigger fish too. I mean, it, right. but it, you know, it increases the crappie population, the bluegill population, the smallmouth population, the shad, everything. I Just mean, makes I'm, the lake healthier. Yeah. It does. I mean, you know, Wheeler, when I was growing up, uh, there was, I mean, it was a great largemouth place, but it was also a great smallmouth place. And the smallmouth, you didn't catch them in the millful, put them down the lake, you know, on the lower end. I mean, it was as good a smallmouth lake as Pickwick was. It may be better at times. And then when the grass died, the smallmouth fishing died on Wheeler, too. I mean, the whole lake went to crap when the grass went away. So, you know, it helped everything. There's no doubt. Well, I'm glad it's coming back. Yep. Hopefully it'll take a little pressure off Gunnersville, but I, I don't know that that's possible. I mean, there's yeah, a, I don't know if that's Gunnersville possible. is like the Mecca. <laughs> it is the Mecca. I think every, every fisherman in a 12-hour radius has to make a trip to Gunnersville every year, I think. I guarantee you, man. And there's tournaments every weekend. I mean, that lake stays. Hey, them, them fish see lures at that lake, that's for sure. That's right. But, you know, if it weren't for the grass at Gunners, well, you couldn't catch one. I mean, that's the, that's the only saving grace with all that pressure is the fact that there is so much grass and, and the population is as good as it is. That's right. That's right. Look well, at you, Paula. What happened when you killed the grass down there three or four years ago? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and the guys down there, I mean, that you know, some of the guys that we have on, the, on our show here and uh, that – you know, they're, they're, I mean, they'll fish up shallow some, but I mean, they're, they're ledge guys. I mean, they fish, they, they, if it was up to them, they'd fish 25, 20 foot of water year round. But it's because like you said, a lot of us do with the grass, but it's all cool to see how all that works together. No doubt. I mean, I was at Ufala four summers ago and I thought, oh my God, this is the best lake in the state. It was just, it was unbelievable how good it was. And then within two years, you look at all the tournament weights. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a terrible lake now because the population is just where near what it once was. And the only thing that happened was they got rid of all the, all the hydrilla in the lake. So, hmm. And I, you know, I think that was definitely spraying there by the Corps engineers. My goodness. And I don't understand that. I mean, you fall yeah, in either. the middle of nowhere and there's hardly anybody, you know, I mean, well, it's a fishing yeah, who heard? nobody's going to you follow to go skiing with the alligators around. <laughs> no, nobody's skiing and nobody's going there to ski. I've seen the alligators at you follow and they're not they're not little. No. Freaking giants down there, that's for sure. Anyway, hey Brent, if somebody was gonna come fish this weekend up at Pickwick, what would your give us give us your tip of the day? Don't even think about fishing offshore, just stay on the bank and you know there's there are some places where the grass is starting to grow a little bit. There's some eel grass, and uh, I wouldn't get, I would, I wouldn't venture. There was also a bunch of fish on on wood uh, up there. So stay on the bank. If you're going to Pickwick this week, top water early and just plastic after that. That's a great tip, man. We appreciate it, brother. Hey, if somebody wants to book a trip with you and uh, come come catch some, take advantage of some of that great Pickwick or Gunnersville bass fishing. Or, or start thinking about booking that small mile trip this next fall, what's the best way for them to contact you? Find me on Facebook or NorthAlabamaBass.com. NorthAlabamaBass.com. Send me some pictures, brother. I want to see what you've been doing. Right. Sounds good. Thank All you. All right, man. Take care. All right, guys. Let's take just a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. 
And that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And Southeastern Pond Management. Hey guys, if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and they do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and the Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, these guys do it all and they do it well. It's what they do for a living, so they're really good at it. And brought to you by Killer Doc Fish Cleaning Stations, Killer Doc. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, Dirty Doc. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations are marine-grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, what a great show. Have some amazing guests on here this week. We appreciate all of them. Again, you know, we appreciate all our callers from around the state that call in and give us these reports every week. What an awesome tool it is to have this podcast when you're on the way to fish Gunnersville or Pickwick or the Coosa or you follow West Point, any of those major lakes awesome lakes that we have here in the state of Alabama. Uh, it's, it's really cool that these guys are willing to call in. These are, these guys do it for a living and they call in and they're so open about sharing what they do out there every day to make the fishing better for you and for me, right? Anyway, stay safe out there, guys. That's going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, as always, Man, take a minute, subscribe, rate, drop us a review, and tell your friends about us. Spread the word. We would greatly appreciate it. If you'd like us to email you at the show, we would do that every week as well. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. Stay safe out there, guys. Enjoy the beautiful lakes that we have here in the state of alabama it's a great time of the year get out there get your family out there and enjoy it talk to y'all next time this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by bucks island 
Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. United Bank is building stronger communities every day. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by LM Marine has something for everyone. From small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnerville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. 